maybe, just maybe, there are two right. Thomas brothers. Is that gonna is that gonna be the uh, the subtitle of the show? Maybe, <laughs> just maybe. There's there's too many Summers brothers. Um, for for those uh, for those out there who are new to Comic Talk, uh, this is Comic Talk. So you're at the right place if you came here to watch Comic Talk. I'm your host Dimitri Pereira, and like always, I got two guests with me today. Uh, it just so happens to be the two guests who have been on Comic Talk for the past couple of weeks, uh, which is nice. You know, people learn to to love. Uh, Trevor and Gil until you know the producers decide that their characters need to be written off the show and then there's like a big uh, a red wedding of sorts you know or the the original creator gets uh, booted off the project and then now they need to come in and bring in the new cast it's just like I don't know what to do with these storylines so I'm just going to write them off wait a minute I'm the original <laughs> creator I know wait a minute <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Um, I obviously got two guests here. We got Trevor Reese. Trevor, how you doing today? Doing good, you know? Uh, some new comics, some good stuff. Uh, some return to forms, so uh, that felt good. So, yeah, I'm doing good. Oh, and I got my yeah. uh, vaccine scheduled, first vaccine shot for Saturday. So that's looking real good. Okay, nice, nice. Dimitri, are you from that? What's up? Are you vaxxed? <laughs> I'm uh, relaxing and vaxxing, man. I am. I am. So uh, I got one vax. I'm half vaxxed. I'm, okay, I'm, so, I'm a half. I'm a half vaxxer. So, you know. So two, three weeks from now, we could all be doing this in person somewhere. Look, two to three weeks from now, I expect everybody to be making out. That's what I think. <laughs> I got six weeks because this is my six. first shot. And then oh. a month later, I got second shot. And then two weeks after, you're golden. Okay. Okay, that's how it works. Uh, I have my second one scheduled for March 7th. So, or yeah. not March 7th. I had my first one March 7th. April 7th is my second one. They were like, they were just scheduling the same day, but a month later. So I was like, all right, cool. Great. I'm good. Yeah, um, uh, I got that J&J. One and done. Nice. Oh, Okay. Wow, Mr. Big Shot over here. We're here to talk <laughs> comics. This guy's just bragging. Bragging about oh, one man. shot, one opportunity. Yeah, if only Future State was like Johnson & Johnson. Am I right? One <laughs> shot. A one shot. Oh, oh. Guys, oh, man. King in Black is still going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, King in... Yeah, I have, I have a good amount of images loaded up ready to go to show everybody exactly what we're uh, what we're talking about here we got 20 viewers on the show right now watching us on volume.com alone and yes we are streaming to different platforms but volume.com uh, has treated us very nicely they're awesome over there uh, they're the ones I rep so thank you for following us at volume.com slash the Keeg show we're here to talk comics uh, are, oh, are you gonna introduce Gil? <laughs> yes I forgot I, uh, I forgot he was even here because I was just <laughs> talking to him uh gil baron everybody gil how you doing i'm great really excited about some upcoming shows so you know let me know when uh, it's time to plug that <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah you you're the you're the showman you're the greatest showman I, as, as I, I like to so. call them i'm just trying to get people to see things that i know they will like that's for all. sure i want you guys sure. to enjoy some great comedy on online platforms like rush ticks there we go. There we go. Uh, uh, you will get enough time, Gil. So everybody, uh, make sure that you, you know, 
while while they're here, while the displays are up, follow them on their social media before we even plug anything. And oh wait, no, yeah, Gil's plugging already in the comments. Either <laughs> or. <laughs> Sorry. No, I don't care. Uh, I, I like the fact that Gil's on the chat because you know they uh, they love that interpersonal communication there. Um, so yes, we are streaming to m- multiple platforms. As long as everything works properly, I think we'll be good. Um, but yes, volume.com slash the keyed show is our main squeeze. I, I hate to say, I hate to say that like we're not official, but like, you know, we're pretty, we're, we're pretty, we're, we're, we're going steady. Volume.com and the keyed. Um, we're here to talk about comics. And for those of you who don't know how comics work, uh, comics get released on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. DC Comics come out on Tuesdays, and then everything else comes out on Wednesdays. That means Marvel Comics, other third-party uh, comic companies, Boom uh, boom, and, and Image and all that stuff, uh, they come out on Wednesdays. So we'll be talking about the whole shebang. Uh, I would say primarily Marvel and DC, just because those are the big, the big two, the Coke and Pepsi. But we got some RC Cola in there as yeah, well. Yeah, and there weren't any Ninja Turtles books this week, so... <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. There wasn't really anything that uh, com- there was some good stuff from Image last week. Uh, Radiant Black uh, is two issues in. That's been really, yeah. really good. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing really piqued my interest uh, third party or indie wise. Um, I did Kickass versus Hit Girl come out last week? That was, yeah, that I was re- last week. That's been like three years in the making, right? Like. <laughs> It's a new kick-ass. Yeah, it's a new kick-ass. But, like, that that um, that crossover, like, started, like, a couple years ago, right? Mm, no. They've been pretty good because like also Mark, forever. Mark Miller is, like, he's stepped away from it. Okay. And Mark Miller always, like, everything always runs late with Mark Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, there aren't any third-party comics that I saw this week that I was interested in. Not to say that there isn't uh, any out there, but I'm, sh- I'm sure there are. Uncle Pogey, 0477, thank you so much uh, for joining the crowd. Aries, thank you so much for uh, tipping us uh, some amps. Uh, really appreciate it. The cool thing about Volume.com is they have a little tipping credit service called Amps. So for the 45 people watching Comic Talk on Volume.com, it's boosted up like crazy. Awesome. Uh, for the 45 people out there who don't have an account, if you sign up for an account, uh, it is free. You sign up for an account with Volume.com. Uh, you will get, I believe, some amps to spend towards your favorite creators, whether that's the key here with Comic Talk or whether it's any of the other amazing care, uh, creators out there on this platform. You can tip accordingly. So it's kind of like you get free money. Um which is always nice. So make sure you uh, you sign up for an account and you can join us in the chat and we'll read the chat out loud and it'll display here and uh, we can have like a, a personal connection with our fans. Um, but not too personal because COVID is still real and we can we have to stay at least six feet apart, you know? I also assume we're going to talk Pa Kent at some point because that was my big social media <laughs> post. Like, kind of crazy this week. There were like 65 yeah. comments. A hundred something yeah. likes. People really have opinions about Pa Kent. So I assume. But also, like, 65 comments in our small group. Like, 65 comments on, like, a public post. That's pretty big interaction. But, like, this is 65 
comments from like a small dedicated group of people. No, this this wasn't all... in the comment the the comic book group. This oh, was it was in yours. Oh, yeah, it was outside in the world. Oh. Uh, are people out there going to be like, comic book group, is there some secret <laughs> Illuminati there of is. comic book fans out there? And it's, yes, it is. It's a personal community group. Uh, but, Gil, you got a hot, oh, come on. Shh. Oh, do you, what do you want me to do? You want me to tell you the thing about podcast or you want me to just announce Yes, <laughs> let's talk about podcast right now. I think that's a good thing. As, as we do more of this show, I'm thinking about like how like we format it and everything. Uh, but I like the general... Uh, uh, discussions that we have for people who aren't reading this week's comics but that want to talk comics still. Um, sure. Let's talk about Pa Kent. Uh, Gil, well, I'll let you take that. So I was thinking about Superman and Lois, which is, I think, one of the better Superman TV shows that's ever been on the air. I think that that team learned a lot of lessons from Supergirl, which I also think was probably one of the best Superman TV shows that's ever been on the air. Um, <clears throat> but they made a choice on this show to have both of Clark's parents die. Uh, his father dies in the preamble to the series, and spoiler alert, Ma Kent dies later on in the pilot. I'm so sorry I spoiled it for everybody. You're three weeks behind. Sorry, people. Um, but, so my question was, so, so there's a lot of versions of the Superman origin. In some of them, the Kents are still alive. In some of them, Pa Kent is dead, but Ma Kent is still alive. In some of them, both of them are dead. And I was thinking about this kind of in comparison to Batman, because we know that the death of his parents is the inciting incident, right? It's very, very important to the creation of Batman. The death of the, of the Waynes is what sets him on his journey. I think that the death of Pa Kent is not like that at all. So I wanted to ask people, how inherent to Superman's story do you think the death of Pa Kent is? And a lot of people had some really interesting things to say about it. Because people were talking about, you know, in the Richard Donner version, it's really used as a lesson for Clark in terms of, you know, you have all of this power, you have this near universal uh, infinite power, but even with that, you can't stop a heart attack. You can't be everywhere all at once. You saving the universe, people you love are still going to die and you're not going to be able to do anything about it, even with your freeze breath and laser vision and, and super strength or whatever. Um, you know, in some alternate versions, uh, obviously in the Snyder world, uh, Pa Kent kind of sacrificed himself uh, for the sake of, of him keeping a secret. It's hard to understand the motivations there, but there's like different versions of this. So I would love to ask you guys, do you think that in your idealized version of a Superman story, are Superman's parents both alive? Is one of them gone? And why? And is it as inherent to Superman's character as the Waynes dying for Batman? I have my opinions, but I'll let Trevor go first. Because okay. I just cut him off because he was about to talk. Sorry. Well, no, I was, I was just going to preamble by saying, because we had this conversation and because I threw out a theory that I believe I proved right through research, uh, I read the Wikipedia page of uh, Pa and Ma Kent today. Uh, both that, both the, the actual like Wikipedia and the fandom wiki page, which are basically the same thing. Um, but yeah, Pa Kent... Zack Snyder is the one exception because literally every depiction of Pa Kent dying is a heart attack. John Schneider in Smallville, uh, he's dead in the Don. That's how he dies in the Donner uh, 
show uh, movies yeah. and and thus Superman Returns. Uh, that's how he dies in Superman and Lois. That's how he dies in All Star Superman's depiction of Pa Kent's death. Uh, that's how he dies. That's how uh, Jeff Johns kills him. Like literally, that's the one I was I was just looking at. Yeah, that because, yeah. That, because I love this book. This is it's a good, it's a solid, this, it's a solid Superman book. This is Superman Brainiac, and it's such a great, um, very uh, self-contained story. And it's such a great, it's just so well done. And Pa Kent's death super comes out of nowhere, and it really feels like a price Superman pays for being Superman. Yeah. Okay. But I, 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 yeah, I don't think that, like, Smallville did a good rendition of it where it's... He clearly was around for five, six seasons, right? Yeah, he, 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 dies, in the, he dies in the hundredth episode. Yeah, um, I remember that one. But they, they make it, his heart gives out because he, like, was gifted with Kryptonian powers to protect Clark from, like, going over the edge. And then, like, he basically gives, his heart gives out after he... Uh, just beats the crap out of Lionel Luther uh, yeah. in the episode. It, and then... Um, there's a trade-off there. With, with that, there's an asterisk there. There's an added level in, in the Smallville depiction because first Lana dies, yeah. Clark turns back time knowing there's a cost to bringing someone back to life, and then his father dies. So it, 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 that is because he meddled with time that his love, who he doesn't end up marrying is alive and his father who raised him you know uh pays that price instead but i i yeah i don't like um you don't think think it's inherent to his character as the waynes obviously no he doesn't need it's it's a it's a good lesson but it's it's like a, a little punctuation mark on the story like he's already learned all the lessons but just that final thing of like you can't save everyone there's like it doesn't necessarily need to be Bachant, and he doesn't necessarily need to know that lesson before it goes out. But I think that's the most effective way to take Bachant out of the equation as just like a little side thing, not as like the cause or inspiration of like Clark Kent's not vowing to be Superman yeah. over Pa Kent's grave. Right. Although I do <laughs> believe he does that in the original Siegel and Schuster right. depiction. As opposed to Uncle Ben, let's say. Yeah. It, or even, I'm going to go ahead and hot take this, Alex DeWitt for uh, Kyle Rayner. I think Ah, uh, the old fridge, the old fridgeroo. Obviously it hasn't aged very well, but I think Alex DeWitt is as important to Kyle Rayner as the Waynes are to Batman. Okay. Uh, that's a hot um, take that I don't want to delve into. All right. Um, <laughs> but no, but, but I think, like, the, the best way is that it's, Basically, it's in the stories of fathers and sons, a son can't truly be a man until the father's out of the equation. I think that's just sort of a traditional storytelling technique, and that's the best way to the best reason to take Pa Kent out of the situation is to make Superman a man. Like, and that's. Can I get a little a little Torah scholarry on you guys? Sure. I have I have been reading Torah all this year. If you, if you folks in the chat don't know, I teach Hebrew school on Wednesday nights, which means every Sunday I'm reading whatever the chapter of Torah we're supposed to read. And then I just ate it for 12-year-olds who could not give less of a shit what I'm talking about. 
Now, um, uh, Superman often gets tagged with kind of a Christ metaphor, especially with modern filmmakers. Brian Singer, Zack Snyder, they love to do uh, Jesus metaphors with Superman. I think that there's a common interpretation that Superman is also a Moses metaphor. Clearly gets sent from his home to a different culture, gets raised in that different culture, has to fight this kind of Pharaoh character uh, to save save humanity, which of course is Lex Luthor. My hot take in terms of Torah study is that Superman in his father relationship is a lot like Abraham. And... I will I will go ahead and impart on your viewers. We just lost viewers because I started talking <laughs> Um Go ahead and, and read some of Genesis just because, like, the way that Abraham is introduced, and I always, like, read Torah from a very, like, literary kind of standpoint, um, is that the very first thing we learn about Abraham is that his father dies and then he leaves home. And I was, like, seeing those parallels. I was like, oh, okay, there's something interesting here because Abraham's story is all about fatherhood. It's all about learning how to be a father. How am I going to be a father to this nation? How am I going to be a father to these two boys, Isaac and Ishmael? Uh, I'm being now implored to sacrifice one of my children. All of these things about fatherhood are wrapped up in that in that story. And one of the things that I'm loving about Superman and Lois right now is how much it makes the Superman story about fatherhood and how how well it fits. Like, just the mantle of fatherhood fits so well on the character Superman. Well, because that's um, always, like, the, 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 the larger metaphor of Superman is he will yes, guide yeah. humanity. Yes. He will guide humanity in to, to, be, to be better. And that is an inherent parental um, viewpoint, to, uh, uh, sort of stance to take. And I think that's why, like, a more specific fatherhood relationship does suit the character because, like, the larger mythos are already there with what you were saying. Yeah, and uh, to what Mr. Plow said in the chat, he's talking about, you know, in terms of Pacquiao, it's how he dies. Uh, it's how he dies, but it's supposed to be the blue-collar American working class dying. I think that's interesting because that's also something Superman and Lois is doing a really great job of exploring uh, really current event issues that are affecting small-town America. Um, yeah. I just think that show has so many layers yeah. to it, and it's really good. Uh, before I give my take, uh, again, for, for 45 people watching us on volume.com slash the Keeg show, if you're not watching us on volume.com, uh, feel free to watch us where you guys are watching us or come over to volume and, and chat with us. Uh, for those of you who are watching, create an account here on volume. It is free chat with us. We'd love to know your takes. Uh, right now we're talking about like Superman and whether, uh, his parents really have to die to, to push him towards becoming Superman. My opinion, and mostly because I grew up on Superman the Animated Series. Before I read comics, it was Superman the Animated Series for me. Both his parents are alive. And uh, Superman is about family, whether that family is his own current family or humanity is his family that he never gives up on, right? Like, even with Lex Luthor, the reason why all these adaptations have, have taken place with Lex Luthor is like, he's like a brother to him in, in some of these adaptations, either a friend or, or a brother, like in Smallville, like he, there, there is a brother to brother relationship there. And even his worst enemy is his brother, right? So humanity is his family. And I don't think that his family has to die to push him towards, uh, 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 being Superman. 
right? It's the optimism. It's the need to protect the world, to protect his family that, that drives him towards that. I get why, like, the death of the mentor pushes him towards uh, 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 going to Metropolis, right? Because that's the big inciting thing. It's either he tours the world, like in Superman Birth, right? Or he goes straight to Metropolis and becomes a reporter because he had like good grades in high school or some something. I don't know. The birthright yeah. thing is the what is the one I like the best. Is that he yeah. learns that he, you know, I think he learns his values at home with the Kents, and then um, in Birthright, you know, where he like goes around the world and sees how people live. He sees, he sees that there's poverty and racism and all these horrible things out there. He gains not just the values but also the will to. Um, to exercise his his will over that to to do something about it, and I think that's that's something super inherent to Superman's character that doesn't always get explored is the reporter side of him, and I think Birthright and also Marv Wolfman's Man and Superman are two books that really explore like why is Clark Kent a reporter? It can't just yeah. be to keep your ear to the grindstone like that's silly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No one just that, becomes a reporter. Yeah, that was also he has to be good better. at it too. Yeah, right. it works a little bit better with Spider-Man because he's just he's just taking the pictures and and like him being at the Daily Bugle is like all right ear to the ground. But like Superman, like is Superman. He has the ability to be aware of what's happening at any given moment. And so yeah, it works better when he's like an actual active reporter. Like that's a something that's driving him and not just like oh I need to be able to hear when the police blotters going off. <laughs> that's what, a great what voice yeah. <laughs> that's okay. your superman right there it is it's my bu uh, bud collier um, um one <laughs> thing i wanted to bring up and this is very interesting given your uh establishment of uh superman as an abrahamic uh metaphor yeah. the original name uh given to the uh ma and pa kent was mary was the first name but for a long time, it was Eben and Sarah Kent. Oh, Sarah, of course. Yeah. Is, and is, then uh, Abraham's wife. Yeah. Hmm. And then uh, they weren't, she wasn't Martha until 51. Okay. Did that come from uh, the radio show or the George Reeves show, maybe? The George Reeves show had her as. Um, uh, Mary, oh no no no! The, the George Reeves show had her as Sarah. They were even in Sarah. They were even in Martha in a Superman serial, but she didn't become Martha in the comics until uh, an issue of Superboy in uh, fifty one. Hmm. And she was also first called Marth, with an E instead of an A at the end. <laughs> okay, Which could have been a typo, but I doubt it. But yeah, they didn't become like John and Martha Kent until like the fifties, until like damn near 15 years into into things yeah when they when they anglicized him is that what yeah yeah right? yeah yeah because i think general population? superboy i think is <clears throat> what sort of is the driving force to the anglican anglicanization of superman yeah, yeah. like that, that slice of americana yeah. I, and, and yeah. like the 50s like the the, the the comic code and like that pushing up the silliness I think that's where you start to see a little bit more of like, and also like Siegel being taken off because right. they were, I think that like originally like in like the old, old school, like the pre actually selling Superman, 
version, they named uh, uh, the Kents after Siegel's parents. Oh, were they even and Sarah? Uh, no, I don't think they were even and Sarah, but the the like, they're like pitch from like thirty five, like a couple years before they sold it, had the the Kents named um, as uh, Siegel's parents. Mm. Um. Uh. Yeah, Dimitri, I'm entirely with you. I like a living. I like living Kents to also. Yeah. yeah, uh Matt Matt brought up and I, I've I've only seen a handful of Lois and Clark episodes, but Matt yeah. said he liked it when both his parents would talk on the phone at the same time yes. in Lois and Clark. <laughs> um and like maybe that was just a nineties thing, like where they were like, No, let's like let's have Superman's parents be alive, you know? It did I mean it didn't really happen like with regularity until the eighties. Like that Superman's what? parents, that th- that he had living parents. Right, I guess it was the right. John Byrne thing first, right? Yeah, yeah, John that was Byrne, sort of... And then Lois and Clark, and then... Uh, Superman, and then the animated, animated series. series. Yeah. But yeah, was they're, that... Like... they're alive, they're alive until that Brainiac story, right? Yeah, you're right. So they're, they're alive, I remember they were alive through Worlds at War. Yep. Like the whole Imperiac storyline. They were alive through the comics but... for... 20 years right 25 years they just got brought back because they were They're alive again they, they yeah they were killed in the new 52 and then uh they were brought back when uh everything was reset again after yeah. uh doomsday clock yeah so uh well no not after doomsday clock uh, infinite frontier after uh no, no, they're, alive. Think... they're definitely alive in the last few years yeah no but i think doomsday really? clock like literally ends with them back Really? Doomsday Clock did a wreck? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 because, yeah, basically Doomsday Clock ends with, like, the big reboot. It's like, yeah, it's weird. Like, this is, again, like, why... Read the last two issues, you'll be fine. But, like... I know, I've seen, I've seen Doomsday Clock, or read Doomsday Clock, but I forgot that part. But, yeah, it was, it's, like, sort of, it's, that's the, the same reboot as Infinite Frontier and, like, Death Metal. Like it's supposed right. to kind of be the same thing, right? Metal, like because Doomsday Clock came out at the same time as Dark Knight's Metal, and this is all before Death. Metal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the yeah, okay. Okay. Um, I I finish books bad. before you put them out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for uh, again the reason why people ask so much. Like, hey, I want to get into comics. Well, if they get to the point of asking, at least we got them there. But there's yeah. a lot of people who don't even ask. Where do I start? Because they don't want to start. It sounds it sounds crazy, and I recommend for anyone out there who's watching Infinite Frontier, pretty much everything that started from March onward. So we're in March. Any of the comics that that started this month for DC are the even though they're not number one comics, they're a restart, a refresh. Really like you can jump in on these this month's issues and start from there. And well, I really recommend it. They're labeled too, so you, like they have the Infinite Frontier logo on them, so that's how you know right. how to jump on. Right. Anything labeled with that Infinite Frontier, and I'll I'll show a, a cover because I do want to start getting into like what comics came out this week, and we can start with DC. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I'm not sure really, how many DC. Only one real new book came out, right? Everything. I else think was they like, put out more issues of Black Label than anything else <laughs> this yes. week. Right, because well, it is it is a fifth week, which okay. I only yeah. have three books that I read. From yeah, DC. one was the Flash. 
uh, Batman, Catwoman, and Strange Adventures. Those are the three books. Yeah, oh, I still have to read his, uh, other history of the yeah. DC, which mm-hmm. I'm loving. So I, I definitely want to check out the new issue, which I think is Katana. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I read half of the other. Okay, we'll we'll get to that. Let's start <laughs> out with the Flash. Let's start off with the Flash because did we all read the Flash or is it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Um. So the Flash. Number 768, right here. You can see that cover. Uh, you can you can see that you you see in the top left hand corner. You see the Infinite Frontier logo. That shows you that it's it's you know uh, part of this new initiative that DC is having. So if anyone's looking to jump into comics at this point, you would you can start with DC Comics's Infinite Frontier imprint or initiative. Oh, um, and, and Teen Titans. I forgot about Teen Titans Academy. That came out last week. Yeah. Oh, I just read it this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. I, I read it this week. I too. read it this week I, too. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, um, but, I got uh, stuff to say uh, about it. <laughs> yeah, but no, we, we, we'll do that. I don't have an image for Teen Titans Academy, but but we'll do it. Uh, let's talk about the Flash now. For those of you who don't know about the Flash, there have been a lot of Flashes through history. Uh, the Silver Age Flash, the Flash that has his own CW show, is Barry Allen. Um, there has also been Wally West, and now then. Wall Wallace West? What's right. yeah, okay. Uh the, so original Walt, Flash Walter is Judy West. Garrick. He's he's the one who wears the, the Mercury hat. He's the yeah. guy from the forties, but he uh, he's the original Flash. But the Flash everyone knows is uh started in the fifties, and that's Barry on CW show. And yeah. then he died in the eighties and Wally West became his uh the new Flash. And yeah, Wally West he used to be he used to be Kid Flash. Yes, yeah, Wally West. There are two Wally Wests running around. The original Wally West that has been Wally West is uh, a white guy with red hair. Uh, yeah. He's he's the Flash from the Justice League cartoon series um, from the DC Animated Universe. That's Wally West as the Flash. Yeah. Um, but then there was uh, Bart Allen, who is the grandson of Barry Allen from the future, who was the Flash for like a year before he was murdered um murder straight up murdered like that that was not like he didn't run into the speed force he was murdered by the rogues and then yeah so that's 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 impulse right that's impulse that fun character was murdered (laughs) he's coming to the show he's coming to yeah they just cast him yeah um exciting i love love impulse i've yeah i've always been i've always had a soft spot for bart allen um, I really hope that uh, on the show that means that they'll make uh, Wally his mentor or uh, or bring in Max Mercury. Like all of those things would be things. I like don't Max yeah. Mercury, yeah. yeah, yeah. Max Max Mercury. There's also a ton of speedsters connected to the mythos who aren't Flashes, but like yeah. are part of the Flash family. Yeah, um, which is yeah. which was really good about that run uh, before when Barry was dead. Wally stepped up to be Mark the Wayne Flash, Friday. yeah, mm-hmm. of the DC universe. Yeah, and um, and he then like the Flash family got a lot bigger during that whole, those whole years that Wally West was the Flash, and so they really expanded the mythos. Uh, Le- well, that was Sean, like when the, the comments, Speed Force came around. Like a lot yeah. of huge concepts connected to the Flash today happened after Barry Allen died in the eighties. Yeah. Because before that, Barry Allen was just a fast guy who who could travel through time and like yeah. he you know he had a couple other powers. Like... What's that? 
but was still always late. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, LaShawn, LaShawn asks, how many kids did he have? Now did here, have, uh, let's, let's do you want to break down, <laughs> break down the Flash family? Like, or no. the, 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 <laughs> the, the family tree? It's, okay, so... It's like the I'll break it down. I know it. Like this is yeah, this, I, yeah. Flash podcast I, knowledge is coming back. Um, so yeah, Barry Allen have, before his death. Book? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Barry, Barry Allen, uh, he had two kids, the Tornado Twins, and the one of them, uh, there's Don and Don, Don. And Don. Donald <laughs> and Don, D A W N, Don and yes. Don, the Tornado Twins. Yeah. Iris and uh, Barry were jerks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did not have good names for their for their kids. But then Don, Don the uh, D A W N Don had Bart Allen, um, and then he like aged up, and so they like because of the Speed Force, he was like aging rapidly, and then they had to like put him in like. Are, a, are, you, are you sure it's not the other one? Because because his his last name is Allen, so wouldn't shouldn't oh, he yeah. be, shouldn't he uh, be Don's he, kid? Because Dawn, yeah. D-A-W-N, married, uh, well, married one. She married, she married a Thon. She married a Thon. She, she married a Thon, but Thon. you're right. He should be Bart Thon, but she, she, she gave him the Allen last name. Oh, uh, are you sure? I yeah. guess you must be right. Yeah, yeah, no, he's 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 traditionally Bart Allen, but again, like it's Dawn's always been his mom, so. Uh, wait, 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 no, wait, because Jenny Ognatz, Jenny Ognatz is. The XS. daughter of yeah, XS is the daughter of D A W N Don, right? Because she marries the Ognats and has Jenny Ognats. I always thought it was, I mean, yeah, maybe Don is. Um, his, somebody, uh, somebody could look that up. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a whole. Mess. The the Allen family tree is worse than the Summers family tree because it's constantly <laughs> fluxing. Because like already in the show, we, Bart Allen is coming in as Barry Allen's and and Barry and uh, Iris's son, and they've already yeah. did season five. Right. Nora Allen West, their daughter from the future, who took the name Excess, who is again Barry Allen's granddaughter so in the comic and books. Her brother and sister in this world. Yeah, and or, also... or alternate or alternate universe siblings because yeah. she doesn't she she ceases to exist. Uh, yes. Jenny Ognatz is D A W N's daughter uh, so, with Jevin with Jevin Ognatz. Um, and so, so okay, then, so Don D A D O N the boy yeah. Don. Uh, he was with a, um, a, a mom. Thon. Thon. A thon. Melanie Thon, right? Melanie Thon. Thon. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's all coming back. Because Melanie yeah. Thon is also the mother of... Um, Boom. Boomer. Boomerang. Second Boomerang. And so yeah. him and Bart are half-brothers. It's a yeah. whole but, stinking but, mess. <laughs> but Boomerang Jr. got his powers from Thon and not the Allens. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. so he's he, he's connected the Speed Force to the Thons. But the point is that this new Flash book <laughs> is good because it doesn't. You don't have to worry about. You don't have any to care about any of that. Uh, well, and it, just, it just brings Wally West back. He's been out of 
they, they, they kind of haven't known what to do with Wally West for a while. And I think that so many people are used to him in the Flash role that now they are putting him front and center in the book. They're making him essentially the main character of the book. He's not necessarily the Flash just yet. Um, Barry is doing his thing. He kind of sends him on an adventure. They're, they're having a, a co-adventure right now that's kind of going through time. Um, but the book was fun. It was just... Just straight-up, good old-fashioned comic book fun. And that's something that I've really missed from The Flash because the last, God, five, six years that J.H. Williams has been on it? Is it J.H. Williams? No, Josh, Joshua Williamson. Joshua Williamson, even worse. Uh, I'm kidding. J.H. Williamson is great. Uh, but Josh Williamson has just... He had an entire opus in his head, but none of it ever connected with me. He... Uh, but I will say, I didn't know this... He had the longest, in terms of issues, he had the longest run out of anyone on The Flash. More than Mark Wade, I'm sure. More that... than Mark Wade and more than Jeff Johns. Or even with just... what Jeff Johns has come back and done. Did it just feel longer? It just felt longer. <laughs> but like Jeff Johns, like his, Jeff Johns is like Flash run has been like split up between two different books and a bunch of miniseries. But yeah, Joshua Williamson wrote 101 issues of that series. And that's more than Mark Wade. That's more great. than Mark Wade. Mark Wade wrote about uh 80 something and Jeff Johns altogether was like 95, something like that. That's shocking to me. Yeah, I just feel no. Like Mark Wade is like the iconic flash writer, so that's so weird to me. Well, cuz Mark Wade established basically everything we know about the the flash nowadays like everything is associated with the flash and how the character operates um it's because of mark wade he wasn't like i mean the flash before this he wasn't like people forget like the reason he died in crisis is because he wasn't popular he really fell out of favor for a long time and that's what, like you know what let's just kill him and and then we'll put wally in the suit and then we'll reinvigorate the character um but yeah barry allen was not a popular like he's he was Barry Allen was created in in the fifties to look like he had the right stuff. Like he was he was space age, like entirely. Like he was like he looked like he was an astronaut ready to go up with. Uh, he did. John he Glenn had that buzz and, cut. and yeah, he had the buzz cut. Like that's been his look forever, and the and the bow tie. And he was he was CSI, but before like crime that was procedurals cool. before CSI was a thing. He was yeah. a police yeah. scientist. Um. Yeah. And like, yeah, he just he was he was a fossil. Even like before his death, Barry Allen was very much a character who had sort of fell out of favor. And that's why I think a lot of people were like, "Why? Why did you bring him back?" Like him, like Barry Allen has just had held the specter over him. When for a lot of people our age, our Flash was Wally West. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, but Barry having a spectral room was always part of that character, too. And that was part of what made him likable and relatable was that, like, okay, this is a guy trying to live up to a legacy. And that was one of the things that that I really think DC missed out on during the New 52 era was how important legacy had been to them. And the standard bearer of that was clearly Wally West. He yeah. was the only sidekick who had become the hero that he was named after. He had, you know, held his own in his own book for years. Um, but definitely, you know, Barry's name was in every issue. I mean, that's because someone was always talking about Barry Allen. And how yeah. legendary. Yeah. Well, yeah. and again, like why Mark Wade's run is so important is he was the guy who established Barry Allen's not coming back and Wally West is his own man. 
Yep. Um, but that's like again, like since even before the New Fifty Two, because they sort of sidelined him when Barry Allen came back. Like Wally for like fifteen, going on almost twenty years, Wally West has really not been handled by DC well. Like yeah. the reason why there is right. are two Wally West is they tried to get rid of him. They tried to basically retcon him out of existence and make Wallace West the new Wally West, and he's always been Wally West, and he's going to be Wally West moving forward, which is why uh, Keenan Lonsdale is Wally West in the show. Yeah. Um, well, it's actually, uh, Keenan, uh, I believe... Keenan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was cast because Wally was black in the new 52 run, but Wally yeah. was black in the new 52 run because Iris was black in the flash show. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. It's a whole that, DC, DC yeah. is very, is way more than Marvel. DC's so symbiotic with its outside material that they do incorporate a lot of stuff into their comic books based on how it's received in outside pop, uh, yeah. you know what? outside look, media. Look, I would have been okay with, the race change for Wally, if that had become permanent, I thought that was a, it's certainly a valiant thing to do to diversify your characters, especially a character that's been around since the sixties, like Wally West, um, to say, okay, yeah, that character has always been black. Great. Love it. I'm all on board. There's nothing, there's nothing inherently white about that character. Yeah. There are different times where young Wally is described or, or characterized as like the conservative among the those the early Teen Titans, like because he? He comes, because he comes from Nebraska, like he Blue Valley. Has, he comes from Blue Valley, Nebraska. He has yeah. a little bit more of like a uh, you know uh, you're a talking like man. you're talking oh, yeah. like Tommy Roy, like a, <laughs> a, blue, a blue collar. He has a blue collar view, which uh, ties yeah, in with Western view. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which ties in with his Keystone. His Keystone run, where Keystone's essentially Johns Detroit, thing. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and John uh, was from Detroit. So yeah. But also, Keystone like, becomes the Motor City. Wallace West was not helped by the fact that DC was also clearly like, we need a Miles Morales. Like, I think that's that's what derailed him being uh, Wallace West being Wally West in a successful retcon is they were just so pushing the Miles Morales angle of it all that they didn't really care about capturing the actual Wally West, which is why they eventually brought back actual uh, or, or uh, original Wally West. Original Wally West. Yeah. Um, um, the weird thing is Iris in the comics is not black. And so they have, and then they made Iris's brother, Daniel West into the, the zoom like the new 52 zoom, which is technically the third zoom that we've ever seen. So he becomes the reverse flash zoom. Um, that looks kind of demonic looking. It's like a demonic, almost like whatever. Um, but then they make it so that Wally is his son. So Wally is half black, half white, which is fine, but it's weird that Iris was white, but she was black in the show. Yeah. But then they made the <laughs> show Wally into comic Wally. So, you can't worry about these things. It's just, there's so much there. All I'm saying is the book was good. You know, if you yeah, like we're dinosaurs, getting lost. if you like dinosaurs, uh, yes. you want to see Wally West having fun um, yeah. and coming back as the Flash, you're going to have fun here. There's a lot of science fiction in it. There's a lot of stuff about the Speed Force and what's happening with the Speed Force. They describe the Speed Force as an animal, which I 
I've never have seen them do that before, and so that I thought that was really cool. Um, I, I just thought there was a lot of cool characterization there. Yeah, yeah. I I liked um, Oliver Queen sort of acting as like the in the book he's sort of acting as the counterpoint to to Barry, the sort, to Barry and like his sort of. Uh, scientific mind. He's just like, no, let's, we, we need to be a little bit smarter about it. Think about it as, as a living being. Um, yeah, and it was yeah. like, it's like, I think what I like love about Oliver being that that voice of conscience in this book is, you know, uh, it, it to me, it harkened back to Identity Crisis and the way Brad Meltzer wrote Oliver and his relationship with Wally. Um because, you know, just that whole generation of the satellite era of the League having a very, like, fatherly relationship with all the Teen Titans uh, and having, uh, just just being protective of both Wally and Kyle in that moment, it really, this is what it reminded me of. So to see Oliver be angry at Wally um, and still harbor resentment, resentment over the killing of Roy Harper... I was just like, this is great. I, I really love the human drama here. And I can't wait for the uh, characters within the DC universe to realize that Roy is back and see what yeah. happens there. Yeah, everyone's really, really leaning into the fact that Roy's dead. It's just like, no, he's he's alive, guys. You just haven't seen him yet. <laughs> yeah, they, like, they have a statue. They have a statue of him in, uh, in, Titan in Academy, Titans, yeah. uh, yeah. Titans Academy. And so... So we'll uh, see what happens. What happens when Roy shows up and he's like, hey, nice statue. Yeah, is that I supposed want, to be I'm, me? I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to pull up a, a I'm trying to pull up a picture of Titans Academy here. Uh, number I one, I thought it was really good. Uh, let's so talk here, about it. Yeah, here's my thing about Teen Titans generally. So clearly, new Teen Titans during the '80s, during the Marv Wolfman era, really wanted to be X Men. Like they, I mean, obviously it has its own thing, and people really love that era of new Teen Titans. But it definitely was taking a lot of cues from from Burns X Men. Um, and obviously X-Men has now gone in this direction that's more nationalistic, more yeah. kind of bigger ideas. It's gone to the next level. And Titans has gone through reboot after reboot after reboot, trying to figure out what it wants to be. In the 90s, they just created a bunch of new characters. There was like Johto and Risk and Argent, those characters. And then they, uh, yes. and then they took the Young Justice characters and made them Teen Titans. And I know that was a pretty successful run, even though I hate it. Other right. people like it, perfectly fine. Um, and then they tried to make the the original Titans, who became adults, during the New 52 and, and Rebirth era, they gave them a series where they were the Titans. Of course, yeah. in the 90s, they also had the Titans where Devin Grayson was writing them. So the original right. characters um, of Speedy, Aqualad, uh, Nightwing, Donna Troy, uh, all of those characters being friends. So... But what's interesting is this is the first time, so this is called Titans Academy, and this is the first time I think I've seen Teen Titans really lean into what the X-Men has always been, which is a school, and they've never really done that before. And I thought it was right. such an interesting take, and it's one of those things where, like, have you have you ever bought something and had a flash forward to when you sell it at a garage sale? You ever have that moment where you buy something, you're like, I love this. I know I'm. I know this is gonna get sold at a garage sale one day. You ever have that that feeling? <laughs> no, but no. Continue. Okay, that's. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this book and I'm like, 
I'm finding this fascinating. This is the first Teen Titans book that I've really, really liked. Um, probably that you know since I've started reading comics. Um, there we go. I got the picture up. Okay, great. Just the comics. It's the first Teen Titans book I've particularly liked since I started reading comics, and I know it's not going to last. I don't know why I think that, but I just have the distinct feeling that people are going to be like, wait a minute, I want my Teen Titans to be a superhero team that goes out and does and has like internal drama or whatever. And they are doing that. They're doing all the internal yeah. drama. They're doing like the upperclassmen of the Teen Titans uh, are the characters who go out on missions. So it feels yeah. very, very, very X-Men in a really good way. Yeah, I definitely um, yeah. agree with you that it's it it has it has the the feeling of like uh, this is probably gonna make it twelve. I don't think it's gonna get six and done. I think it all yeah. it's it's got a strong enough like I mean it's it's still Teen Titans. It's still got yeah. enough of a name recognition. That I think they'll give it a year, but like again, like it's not. It's not, it's like, not like yeah. It's also not just it's kind of just not popping as a school book either i like the idea i like the inherent idea of the teen titans academy but like it's just it i don't know i don't know what it is but it it, it was it's it's not necessarily grabbing me the way like oh this is a book that like i'm gonna check in on it the, the other teen books that are going on yeah. right now are uh our strange academy over at marvel which is the exact yes. same idea but just for magic characters in the MC, in the marvel universe which they're definitely channeling harry potter because i yeah. think they're, they're they're marvel is definitely well, testing to be like hey can we get like a harry potter series on this is, Disney this is also harry like, potter by the way yeah literally yeah, yeah, yeah. Nightwing to makes like, a defense against the dark arts joke i don't think <laughs> teen titans academy is ever going to be a tv show but strange academy marvel has the clout they can make Strange Academy into the next big thing. I, was, I mean, yeah, to keep in mind, we had Gotham Academy before this, which I think, again, lasted about 12 issues. Uh, yeah. Avengers Academy following uh, Civil War. So that was like 15 years right. ago. Uh, Future Foundation. That's the Fantastic Future Foundation. Four but yeah, that's, but that's like literally books with Academy in the name where they've tried to make Academy be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm saying, like, with teen books, like, clearly they do it with X-Men all the time. Yeah. Uh, they're always like, now this is our new crop of students, like, all the time, between Generation X and New Mutants, yeah. and all of the times they do it. So this is really them taking DC really doing that for the first time. I've never seen DC really do this before. You know, obviously yeah. they'll, they'll do a Young Justice book, they'll do a Teen Titans book, they'll do whatever. This is the first time I've ever seen them be like, superhero school that's going to be our concept I've never yeah seen it's all like i mean even the the teen titans the the jeff johns run that you mentioned that you didn't like uh that was like evenings and weekends like that was like the whole premise of it baked into it was just like right. everybody goes to san francisco for the weekend and you hang out with everyone and so it's just like a summer camp and this is well let's sort of live and breathe this environment yeah um I, I think a lot of these Academy uh, comic series have to do with, like, one of them will betray you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, one of they them... They have that here you know, with Red X. Yeah. And, and, up, yeah. Until, up until I read the issue, I assumed Red X was going to be Tim Drake. It is clearly not Tim Drake. Yeah. Tim Drake's no. nowhere around, nowhere even near this book. So. Also, I think I mentioned uh, Damian Wayne as a 
as a floater. Definitely not he, clearly, he clearly has a new Robin book coming out. <laughs> Wait, what's it going to be called? It's not Robin, Robin though, right? No, it's called Is Robin. It? No, he, oh, okay. he he seems to just be like Dark Robin, but like okay. he's still he's still going by Robin. So yeah. I guess so, I guess him? they didn't what's get the, the memo in the Teen Titans book. Yeah, what's stopping him from going to uh, going by Night Robin? He could theoretically, uh, yeah. yeah. In the in the backup from the last issue of Detective Comics, he uh, like Talia Al Ghul sets him up in this fight to be like, you have to go back to being Robin. Like she kind of like sets up this mystery. It's like you can join me and be the heir to the Al Ghul everything, or you can go yeah. back to your father and be Robin. But she's clearly doing it to be like go like that's what you should be doing like that's your destiny so it's actually kind of a, a sweet uh, little story you know yeah. talia al ghul showing her sweet side <laughs> I, I i have yet to figure out whether talia and damien's relationship is bad or good you it's know what bad. i mean it's bad it's a bad relationship. yeah but like <laughs> and then every so often she's nice is that how it yeah. works okay i think she ultimately always serves the good intentions of her love for her son but it is a bad relationship. <laughs> okay. Um, you're right that this was the fifth Tuesday or fifth, yeah, fifth Tuesday for DC. It'd be the fifth Wednesday for, for Marvel. Or no, is it the fifth Wednesday for Marvel? Yeah, that's... Okay, both Tuesdays and Wednesdays is the fifth. Um, so uh, for those of you who are used to weekly comics, like sometimes on that fifth one, they, they don't release as much. Now, that being said, DC also pared down their whole like releases list recently right they canceled a lot of series in order to like for infinite frontier to start off small because keep in mind new 52 started off with 52 titles a month how many do they have right now how, how many do they have right now i don't know they what they have like five mm. five series every week right like I wouldn't, I wouldn't seen, be surprised. They're probably, yeah, with this, they're probably hovering at around, like, 25. I would say so. Yeah. At least, yeah, at least um, with this new launch of stuff. Because, yeah, what, we have Superman, so we have Superman in action, Batman, Detective Comics, Teen yeah. Titans Academy, Flash, Green Lantern. Two Wonder Woman, right? Is two there two Wonder, Wonder Woman books. series? I, yeah, I guess there's all the Black Wonder Label Wonder stuff. Girl. Um, I don't, yeah, I'm okay. gonna, uh, <laughs> I don't want to run through. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 no, it is um, small. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like that because maybe DC is learning from their mistakes. And I like that. I yes. like that. Maybe they're like, maybe. Oh, shot too high. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, never, never forget the, the DC implosion. Yes. Right. You mean the, which the DC, annual DC which, implosion. Which DC implosion? The, the first one. one every year. The, so. the 78. That one, that they had a lot. What, 1978 had a DC implosion. That was the first one. That was the original. Okay, what 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 happened? Basically, they they had uh, the DC explosion was this thing where they basically just put out all these books to try and uh, sort of muscle Marvel out of some stuff, and they basically they got up to like maybe even like new 52 levels of titles um like over the course of 1978 and then it just all fell apart they okay. canceled seven uh yeah they in june 
1978, DC Comics announced staff layoffs and the cancellation of approximately 40% of its line. Mm. Uh, Sounds a lot like this. Yeah. Like, you know, pre-Infinite Frontier. Uh, yeah. Because um, personally, in a, in, a, in a perfect world, I would love to have Teen Titans Academy, Teen Titans, and Titans. I would and Young Justice, like in a perfect Thank world. You. Thank you for saying it. <laughs> I love Young Justice. I oh, I uh, Gil, I think you would like it. I bought volume five of the original one because they released that. That's the newest trade paperback. And that's like, the last one, edition. right? Yeah, but <clears throat> but it's not the last one of all. Like there is still there should be a volume six. Okay. It doesn't it doesn't finish the series. Okay. Um, I'm only up to three, so uh, I have a lot still to get. I also that. have the Sins of Youth one, and the Sins yeah. of Youth trade, the trade paperback for Sins of Youth has extra issues that are not in... Not uh, in Volume 3? Not in Volume 3, yeah. So, I have a couple of different ones. Plus, I, I have... have all... uh, yeah. I have World World Without Grownups. I have that. Love, love of the World Without Grownups. My favorite uh, arc of the original Young Justice was the Our Worlds at War tie-ins. Okay. Because they had, like, two Young Justice issues of Our Worlds at War, and then it continued in both Superboy's book, which was being written by Joe Kelly and being drawn by Pascal Ferry at the time, mm-hmm. who, you know, put put Pascal Ferry art in front of me, and I will, I will melt, you know. And then um, they had a very particular storyline with Impulse, where he had a power at the time that was yeah. he could create, like, speed duplicates of himself. And yeah. one of them dies on Apocalypse, and it's the first time that Bart Allen like learns fallibility, learns that he could die, yeah. um, and so it becomes a whole story about depression, which is like teenage depression. Mm-hmm. Bart Allen, what a great idea to, to to explore depression through that character. Yeah, that like yeah. that that was when I that run was literally when I think that was. The, the second issue of the Our Worlds at War tie-in was, like, the first Young Justice I ever yeah. picked up. Again, I I'll always say, drop, jump in the deep end. Um, but, like, yeah, it was that, that whole, like... Because also, like, the Superboy, Robin, and Impulse books were connected to it. And they would always kind of do these ongoing tie-ins. And it never... You never really felt like, oh, okay, because I'm missing this here, I'm not getting what, what I wanted. Like... It was a really like they had a really tight knit storytelling group with the, all the teen uh, characters. Yeah, at the time. and they all had their own solo series, which was awesome. Well, not all. Like Wonder Girl didn't have her own, did she? Wonder Girl never had her own. Yeah, I think um, I think Cassie Sandsmark could have sustained one because what I a great so. character she always was, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think but she was her. she was constantly in Wonder Woman, though. I remember that. No, no, no. They, they never had her in Wonder Woman. I thought I, mean, I thought she, she would like, appear as like kind of like the little like the sidekick. Uh, she would appear sidekick. rarely. Like she was there during when she was created by John Byrne. She was there a lot when she was like just being created. But once okay. Young Justice came along, they essentially moved her character to Young Justice, and then she would only appear in Wonder Woman very very sparingly. Oh, well, because okay. yeah, she's like <clears throat> separate from Amazonian culture. Like that was like also kind of her. Thing, yeah. in, inbaked into her yeah. character was that she was separate from them and not a true Amazonian, but connected to them because her dad was Zeus. Well, not uh, they didn't say her dad was Zeus at, at the start. Zeus granted her the powers, right? But right, he didn't find true. out that her dad was Zeus until later. 
Yeah, but her, her dad's Aries. Her dad's Aries. No, Aries just uh, starts manipulating her. He's not. He's not her. Her dad. I don't think. I think Cassie is one of those characters where, you know, DC loves to with mythical characters be like, guess who your father is now. <laughs> um, so you know, with Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's father has been Zeus in the past, and I think currently her father is Zeus. Uh, so every once in a while, they'll just change yeah. everything up in terms of like who these characters' fathers are, and that's supposed yeah. to be a big revelation. So don't be confused if at some point her father was Ares, another one <laughs> uh, was Zeus. Another it, it was Zeus. It was Zeus. I, at I one point, she's her own she, father. Ares yeah. tried to mentor her. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried to he tried to make her go dark. Yeah. Um. Uh. There are black label uh, stuff. We don't have to get into it too much. Uh, but are, is anyone reading Batman Catwoman? Yes. Uh, I have not read the recent issue. Uh, this, this one that I'm putting up here. It uh, was? That is a sick, that is a sick cover, by the way. Yeah, like, that is a good cover. Yeah. Yeah. I especially love how, how that mimics, uh, and homages, like, old Golden Age Batman, especially with her mask shape. Like, it looks very Golden Age. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I know that they're doing a lot of references in this book, and that's what I like about the writing here. Um, and it is out of continuity for anyone who's reading it, right? Yeah, it's theoretically out of continuity, but could be brought yeah. in. Like, there's nothing well, about it that's so anti-continuity or anything. But it isn't a basic thing that it's it's still Tom King's run on Batman, and then like continuity is going this way. He's like, no, future. I'm still telling my story over here in this book. Isn't that yeah. like kind of how it is? Yeah, yeah. It's an alternate it. future. It's like Batman Beyond, right? Bat like well, Batman Beyond the, being a the book takes place in three separate times, right? But any time you tell the future in in any comic, you're giving book, an alternate future. Yeah, you're giving an alternate future. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Unless unless it's literally stated. Yeah. No. That's that's like our editor in chief says that this is the future that we're going towards. You right. know. Um, so it's interesting. It explores, you know, Catwoman as a bad guy still being in love with Batman. So she clearly has this relationship with the Joker where they have worked together and have this like underworld experience. But when she gets into her um, into her love affair with Batman, um, you know, once you're wrapped up with the Joker, you can't really extricate yourself. Right. So. Um, there was a really great scene in this issue that you just put up where uh-huh. uh, where she, she confesses something to Batman and then just fucking goes off on him, like yells at him, like, fucking arrest me, Fuck, fucking hang me upside down from a building, uh, try and uh, interrogate me, get it out of me, goddamn you. Like, she's like, really, like, you know, she she's really, like, taking it to him, like, don't treat me like someone else, you know, just because we sleep together. Treat me like you treat any of these other villains that you're in love with, you know? Like, she, that's what she says to him. <laughs> that's what she says. Yeah. It's like, you're in love with all of them. Like, be in love with me the same way. It's so mm-hmm. weird. It's so weird, but so interesting. Yeah, because Tom King yeah. really loves writing those characters as a, as just a really poetic and tragic love story, and I'm I'm completely here for it. Right. Right. And what's cool about the Black Label is Black Labels are all... Like, what's the goal of Black Label? If, if you guys see the picture, it's in the upper left-hand corner. Yeah, what does Black Label mean? Essentially prestige. 
It's what Vertigo was, you know. It's yeah, it's it's a little it's their adult ish line. Not like they don't go all in when it's like the superhero like mainline stuff like Batman and Catwoman. Like as as far as I know, is not going in. But like I've been reading uh, Harley Joker uh, Criminal Sanity, and that is is that the White Knight one. No, 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 this is a different one. I, like, stumbled upon it and started reading them just like, ooh, this is actually pretty good. Um, I didn't want to read it at all. I read, like, the first issue or skimmed it, and I was like, you know what I am tired of? Handsome Joker. I don't need Handsome Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you like Butt Ugly, butt ugly Joker? Well, I, I want Joker to look like the Joker. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird because the way they draw him is, like, super handsome Joker. Yeah, he he's he's got the like Peaky Blinders haircut that's like painted green and then like some Heath Ledger shaved. Is it shaved on the side? I believe so. Okay, but I don't know. Like it's it's interesting because like a like a bartender at the Virgil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it's weird. Like you totally know who the Joker is. Like all the mystery of who it is. Like it is clearly this one kid. like that's it's not bugging me. I don't know. It's also it's just it's it's nice to read a Harley Quinn story that's not how is she going to fall apart and become Harley Quinn. Uh, this is this is getting to see Harley Quinn when she's still capable, um, and sort of putting her connection and dynamic with the Joker into a different context. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I like it. Like. Um, it's been good because I, I I stumbled upon it because they have uh, um, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Con- uh, uh, Amanda Connor. They're doing basically Harley Quinn uh, animated uh, series as a comic book under Black Label. Okay, and um, so that that's got like all the the swear words and is really leaning into it being Black Label and being like more yeah. adult. But what's cool is Black Label is a good jumping on for anyone like our ages that wants to start like that has like a very like fundamental like just a basic fundamental like understanding of characters like you could jump into a Black Label title right? Yeah, well, and and like what's cool is like what what, what I was saying about like Batman and Catwoman is that it is sort of the extension of Tom King's Batman run, which has been collected and is available and is something you can pick up. And so what's nice about it, and, and like uh, uh, Scott Snyder and uh, Greg Capullo, who have an amazing, uh, one of the, the great like New 52 runs on Batman, their uh, Black Level series is like three issues and is sort of a continuation of that. And so it's a way, some of these titles are ways to get contained stories at a more adult level, more uh, sophisticated uh, level of storytelling but also know that there are really good runs of comic books that are like the foundation of what you're reading. So it's, uh, I think the black level stuff, um, at least the, the stuff that's like executed well, uh, I think Batman the Damned or whatever that one was that showed Bruce Wayne's uh, dong, uh, that oh, yeah. one wasn't too good. But uh, some of this other stuff is like, it, it's, yeah, they're good opening pieces uh, and a lot of them do have some connection to really good current or recent enough that it will help you understand what the hell is going on now. 
uh, runs the books. Yeah. Um, as we as we segue uh, a little bit further, did you guys notice the advertisement for the Fortnite crossover? Yeah. So many advertisements <laughs> for this. I have no interest. And the R- RWBY also. Like, I don't need this. Oh, yeah. I don't know what RWBY is. I don't know what it is. It's well, a manga, I, I think, right? I, I feel like... Oh, yeah, Ruby. R- is that what Ruby. it's called? I think that's what it's called, but it's spelled R-W-B-Y. But okay. I will caveat this. I'm complaining about this. I should not be complaining about this. Comics are for kids. Like... They should advertise this as much as they want. I don't know what this I'm This is a big deal. About. I mean, as, like, look, I play... Uh, I play uh, Fortnite, and I know there's not much of a story in Fortnite, but they're trying to create more stories. Mostly because I think... Yeah, thanks. Uh, I think <laughs> Fortnite is trying to, like, create other media. Yeah. Uh, eventually, there will be a Fortnite movie. You know that. Like, I, I, would, I would be willing to bet that Fortnite, in two years is going to have a, a live-action or cartoon movie, but a, but a theater, like in a movie theater. So they're building up towards this. They have a lot of skins for Marvel and DC characters, which I eat up. Like, when I play Fortnite, I always play as a character. I have, I'm have i playing as, as Wolverine because I've already, like, I bought that, or I earned that skin, like, a while back. And it's a silver Wolverine and it's like super cool. Anyway, the point being is it makes sense that they're trying to do like a crossover with Fortnite. How it works, I don't know. But like, w- let's be honest. We need kids into comics, right? Like we need, like kids need to get into comics. And this makes sense to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I play, uh, my nephew got me into Fortnite. It's like the one game because like he has a uh, an Xbox and I have a PS4 and it's like the one game we can play together. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, and yeah, like I, I'm probably gonna pick this book so I can uh, get the codes to send them to my nephew to to download them. I might pick off one or two. Um, but it is I don't know. It's it's one of those things that just like all right, this is clearly AT and T's doing. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know, like. Comic, they've, there have been some weird, surprising comic book crossovers built on corporate synergy that have actually turned into, like, amazing uh, sort of little standalone things. That are just uh, The one I always go to is the Alien Wildstorm crossover. This is, like, the, the literally the last thing before the start of uh, The Authority. Okay. It, it, the reason the authority kind of starts is it's in the wake of xenomorphs murdering half the team. Like they kill oh. like main characters are like murdered by uh, xenomorphs. And it's just like, holy crap, like this actually stands up and is like important and integral to the continuity of this storyline. Right. Um, but again, I do not believe that the Fortnite miniseries that has built in skin codes for Fortnite is going to be that but uh i think you're right like it, it definitely is a way to get kids into the books and to yeah. get kids just reading because it's not, i mean it's, again like we're we're older so our taste and stuff is different um and it's not our uh not our bag a lot of this stuff but as long as like i just want kids 
knowing that comics are a, a medium to read. Yeah. It's not just superheroes and it's not just like, oh, this is the the story for the movies. Like it's a whole it's a it's a whole different storytelling delivery system. Um and the the way that people will understand that is more people read it. Yeah. Uh remember when Jay Leno met Spider Man? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was awful. Yeah. So, you know, I get it. Uh, it, it, it it's. I remember President Martin, Obama Martin Martin. meeting Spider-Man. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that though. was a like, full issue, it, though. You know? But Jay Just, Leno meeting Spider-Man makes no sense. Or, like, Spider-Man meets the Saturday Night Live, like, the or, first season yeah. crew. Right. Wasn't was there? The, the Avengers they met, go on David Letterman or something? Yeah. The, the Avengers went on Letterman. Yeah, Spider-Man met Jay Leno. I think that was, like, part of, like, a Harley Davidson thing or something like that. <laughs> oh, um, okay. I think one of my favorite things about Spider-Verse, the original comic series, is that Dan Slott went out of his way to murder the Spider-Man from the Hostess cupcake ads from the 70s. Like, oh, yeah. Went out and, like, one of the, like, famous Spider-Man marketing corporate uh, sponsorship things is the Hostess cupcake, and he has Moreland eat that Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Um... Let's let's use this time to segue to Marvel. Uh, obviously, there were were Marvel there were Marvel titles that came out this week. Uh, I'm going to list a couple of them and uh, let's let's talk about what we did read. So on the Marvel side, uh, Beta Ray, Beta Ray Bill got a f- number one. Black Cat four. I read Cat Black America Cat twenty eight. Uh, Return surprised. of the Valkyries. Uh, I like uh, had, that thing. Um, sorry, I'm just going to re- read them all and then we oh, can sorry, go back sorry. and. Uh, uh, Curse of the Man thing, which I think was a Avengers Curse of the Man thing, number one. Ghost Rider had a King in Black, because King in Black is hopefully ending soon. I'm not trying to sure. Yeah, Ghost by the time they got to one. Ghost Rider, you know that it's ending soon. Yeah. <laughs> Silk uh, Silk got a number one, and I didn't get to finish it. Uh, but, I liked it. Uh, yeah. yeah. U.S. Agent got a uh, uh, number four. Wednesday Pull. Oh, Wednesday Pull is watching right now. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, 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 Wednesday Pool is watching us on one of our other platforms. Wednesday Pool, if you want to come to volume.com slash the Keeg show, you can uh, uh, you can chat in the comments. I want to know what you guys have read because Wednesday Pool is uh, all about comics that come out, you know, on Wednesdays. So I would love to hear them talk about that, uh, that they're friends with us on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, U.S. Agent got a number four. X-Men got a number 19. X-Men Legends is got a number two. Um, what do you Union. guys want to talk about? Union. You're oh, and, about and Union. the Union. Sorry. I don't have a I don't have a, a picture for it, but sorry. But yes, okay. yes. There are other Marvel titles. I just, <clears throat> I just read a cursory. Yeah, one. well, I mean, just going from the top, I still have read Beta Ray Bill. I was really interested in it. Someone posted yeah. that it was a good book, so I'm really interested in reading uh, what it is because I love him as a character. Uh, Black Cat was surprisingly good. It's taken a, a turn from what that series has been so far and it told uh-huh. a story from uh the queen cat's perspective who is uh a weird like hero but the amateur hero who who thinks black cat is her arch enemy she thinks black cat is the villain so she's like okay. investigating black cat trying to uh, arrest her and it was really really charming really fun and their confrontation in the end i thought was great mm. Yeah, I've been like, like, I think we're getting uh, 
Felicia Hardy is in the middle of a little renaissance. Like the characters, yeah. she was really good uh, in uh, Spidey recently, um, just before um, the series started. And yeah, yeah, I've been digging it. The artwork's great. Um, it's kind of in that, it seems like, uh, who is it? Asad? Uh, Asad? Um, one of the main artists on the X-Men line. Um, I think the, the guy who did um, House of X. Um, that seems to be like a, like a new sort of Marvel oh, yeah. style. Sure. Um, Laraz? Maybe. Well, I'm really liking the art style. I mean, is it okay to keep just moving through these? Because, I mean, it's not... Yeah. Like, I thought it was good, but it wasn't, like, special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one that I read today was Captain America, the ton of okay. coats. This is just not going anywhere. Am I, am I the only one who just like the covers are really pretty and they try to make it feel like an event, but I don't know, maybe it's the art for me the art just feels so old. It doesn't feel dynamic. It, and I like, I like the world where Captain America has this all female, Team, support team like Misty Knight and Sharon Carter are both on his like support team and some different characters yeah. will, will come in and out of it but um but there hasn't I don't know it just hasn't hasn't hooked me and I just mm. I just wish we didn't have to deal with Red Skull again yeah I'm tired of of Red Skull personally as an antagonist but um that means well, go ahead oh no I mean I I like it when they explored like crossbones and sin yeah, you know, and then like that well, sort of thing. But like, I feel like there's potential here. I just don't think it's constructed well because I feel like Coates wants to tell a story about right wing extremist groups. Like, there's even a whole sequence in the book today that's like, you know, all of these villains you've been fighting over the course of my run, where it's all these different kind of aim hydra, you know, kind of fringe groups. Um, they're all kind of coming home to roost. And it seems like it's trying to tell an allegorical story about what's going on in America today. It's just not coalescing for me. Okay. Yeah, there's there's always something when someone who doesn't write comic books comes in, like someone who's a well-known writer outside of comics, there's a surprisingly low success rate. Well, like John Ridley, for instance, right? I think his stuff has been pretty hit and miss. I think uh, all his future state Batman, I did not like his um, the second bat second Batman, whatever that's called right now. Um, I think it's okay, uh, but his other history of the DC universe is a rocket ship. It's so good. Yeah. But maybe By the way, he gets right. I have to. I have to ask about John Ridley because I was reading the other history of the DC universe. And I didn't get very far because I. Don't know whether I'm digging it as much as 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 I, I should. I definitely am. Uh, and I want to. Sure. No, I'm not going to ask the question. I'm just going to look it up, and I'm just going to know it. Um, I just want to. I just want to know what he looks like. Okay. All right. Up. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. Why? Like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'll because I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I read. I I didn't know that jo- the, it was the same author for three issues i didn't know i thought maybe because there were it's each standalone thing i thought maybe the author changed okay. so i looked i i saw that john ridley wrote this ep this one of katana and <clears throat> yeah he wrote all three 
And the other two make sense, uh, but I didn't know John Ridley wrote that. So I saw the name John Ridley, and I saw that he wrote Katana, and there was some lines in the in this issue that I was like... Oh, are you saying because he's writing now an Asian woman yes. and isn't Asian? Right. Uh, and I'm not saying he shouldn't be able to. I'm just saying that, like, Clearly I can. didn't know. I didn't know, and it stuck out to me as not an Asian writer. Right. Well, you know? well I mean, I think that that's an interesting point you know clearly the first two one of them was about black lightning and the second one was about uh mel hall and karen beecher um and mel duncan are, mel duncan oh, oh thank you mel, yeah. mel hall is a is a is a stand-up that i know uh, oh, bring him in! Yeah, you know? Mel, Mel Duncan and Karen Beecher um, from Teen Titans, uh, clearly all black characters. I find it interesting, obviously, that Katana was scheduled for this week, and in the last month, clearly, you know, we've had this major attack on Asian Americans. Uh, we, you know, all those statistics have come out recently about a hundred and fifty percent. Sorry to giving a thumbs up but 150 percent right in in anti-asian violence and uh the next issue of this concerns an asian superhero um yeah very interesting and your point is well taken that this guy who's not asian is now uh he's he's saying like you know he's putting a spotlight on all these heroes of color within the dc universe and this is the time he gets to the asian woman and maybe isn't quite getting it right because it's not his demo yeah i mean it just there was it, i wouldn't have noticed and i wouldn't have cared if i didn't notice you get what i'm saying yeah. yeah like if you write it well enough and people don't notice then like you could do that what i was afraid of is again i thought different authors for different books i was afraid it was a white guy writing an asian female character and given the relationship historically of white men to asian women uh, I didn't, I, I was afraid that that's what it was. And I, I was wrong in that specific respect, but I was right in the you fact that I didn't that. think, yeah, 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 yeah. I did feel there was something off. Perfectly fair. You know? Um, the next one I read was Avengers Man Thing. So I guess, oh, okay, yeah. I guess this is going to be, if not a mini series, I don't even know what you call this, because the first one is Avengers Man Thing, and the second one is going to be Spider-Man Man Thing. And I don't know. So how... it's like a it's like a man thing team up, ultimate man thing team up. You know, right? I guess so, but it kind of seems like like it might be gearing up for a man thing event, which is really weird coming on the heels of Empire. Empire only ended what six months ago, and you're already right. doing like a whole plant event. No, it's just weird. There's too many plants. I mean, how much of the population is plants? We need proportional representation. This is going too far, guys. <laughs> well, Man-Thing, like, made an appearance in, a, in Empire. Like, it's not like he wasn't... Yeah. No, I agree. But It's, it's just like, a, a yeah. more plant shit, you know? He's, he's a character who's, like, weirdly keeps... Like, he keeps getting moments in the sun, like, over time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, like... This book yeah. was the first time that I've ever realized Man-Thing had a, a human component to him. Like, he has his own Alec Holland, which I didn't realize. I didn't uh, know that either. Yeah, me neither. Like, yeah, I mean, this gives him an origin story, if you didn't know that he had an origin story. I did not. The idea is that they were working on a super soldier serum. and Oh. 
and he uh, and this scientist get falls into a swamp and becomes whatever. It's you know it's just nothing interesting. It just felt felt like a swamp thing retread. Um, yeah. But, but then there's like a hook at the end of it, which I thought was interesting, but not enough to like make me care. So that's right. not going to be on my on my list anytime soon. Right. Gonna keep up with that. Uh, give me give me a second. Give me a second. You guys can chat about whatever comic stuff. Uh, I'll be right back. I was about to get into King of Black. I don't know, like, how many issues is King of Black going? They stopped doing, I think very smartly, they stopped doing the, uh, uh, like, five of six. Because I know Marvel, like, some of their biggest stuff recently has added or dropped issues. Well, okay, that's interesting. I didn't realize but I know that the next one to come out is going to be five, I guess. Next week, yeah. I was looking it up, but it, it, I can't find any... But there's been like a hundred fucking issues of this thing. Yeah, all these tie-ins and everything. All of these tie-ins. So the three that came out today were Ghost Rider, Valkyries, and Symbiote Spidey. Yeah, which is like... Also, Symbiote Spidey takes place in the past. That's yeah. the most ridiculous. Just like This issue why? was good, though. There were some really funny moments in this one, though. I thought it was, it was really fun. He gets to play around with the Watcher. He does some Guardians of the Galaxy kind of stuff. He's teaming up with Rocket, Raccoon, and with Photon, who is Captain Marvel at the time of the when he's symbiote Spidey. Okay, well, maybe maybe I'll jump back onto it because I was just like, meh, I'm good. Yeah, this issue particularly was good. I think you'd enjoy it just because it was just a well-written comic. Um, you don't have to stick around on the book. I'm just saying this past this <laughs> issue was good. Um, Valkyrie's... I've been really wanting to like Valkyries, but haven't quite, it hasn't quite hooked me. This issue was really good. And I think very particularly because they had a sequence that took place within Jane Foster's mind and, um, and really explored some stuff about Jane Foster that I don't think has been explored since, since the Thor run. Oh, nice. So I guess the upcoming Valkyries series that this is kind of a pilot for is going to be Jane Foster, Brunhilda, uh, the Black Valkyrie that's still as yet unnamed, and some other. I think Danny Moonstar might be in it too. So oh, cool. Yeah, so I think it's it's going to be like that whole kind of an all female as guardian kind of team, which nice. I think is a really cool. Yeah. Concept for a book. Uh, it looks like King of Black is ending next week with issue oh, five. Thank God. Yeah, because because the like the rest of the Marvel universe feels like it's past it. Like the rest yeah. of the Marvel universe is like, hey, you remember that symbiote thing? That was crazy. Yeah, um, but the the Miles Morales that came out last week it was already past it. Was already past it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, what are we talking about? Which King in Black? So we were talking about the three tie-in books that came out this week, which were Ghost Rider, Valkyries, and Symbiote Spider Man. Uh, I was telling Trevor that mm. Symbiote Spider-Man this week was really good. Up until now, it's been a little bit of a chore, but this week was really good. Uh, Valkyries, okay. same thing. Um, I've really wanted to like Valkyries, but I think this issue was the first one I really liked. And it's clearly like... Is Valkyries of- different than Valkyrie? Yeah. Are they two different series? Well, I think Valkyrie ended. Okay. Valkyrie okay. ended, and this is now... It be- becomes team. Valkyries. Yeah, this is going to be the team book, I think, coming out starting next month, is going to be Valkyries, which is going to be Jane Foster. I believe it's going to be Danny Moonstar, uh, Brunhilde, and the Black Valkyrie, whatever her name ends up being. Oh, 
okay, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, so they're kind um, of a, it's kind of cool, an all-female Asgardian team. I think that yeah. could be really fun. Uh, also, one, you know I'm a fan of, like, team books. Like, I love, I love team, team books. books. Sure. I love, because I love the r- relationships between characters. I love the family aspects. Whether, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, like you know, it's it's about the dynamics. And then also, I, I think I've said it before, solo books. Every character is as smart as they want to be, as strong as they want to be, as will, like, f- willful, courageous, whatever, yeah. strong-willed as they want to be. And it just get until like you don't get to see the real differences in in them until you match them up. Are you yeah. reading uh, Captain Marvel and Spider Woman? No, they're uh, both really good. I like Spider Woman, but I only wa- read the first couple issues. That's the one where she's on a boat, right? And there's like a there's like a it, like issue number one of Spider Woman in this run is like she's on a crew or like on a yacht. Yes, right? yeah, that was the first yeah. issue. Um, I read the first couple issues and then I stopped spider woman. I will jump back on captain Marvel. I've never been into captain Marvel to be honest, but if you say it's good, I might, I might really like this, this last arc. I love that, that, um, spider woman and captain Marvel are best friends and in, in each other's books are, are, uh, supporting characters in each other's books. Yeah, like the the books aren't like concurrent. Like you don't like see the same story from two different perspectives, but right. they are supporting characters in each other's books. Which, which you were talking about team books. I feel like every good superhero comic is in its essence a team book because if you do your supporting cast correctly, then they're gonna feel like a like a family or like a team. You know? Right. Yeah. Totally for sure. Um, Ghost did you guys Rider. Read... Oh, what what about Ghost Rider? Oh, it's another King and Black tie-in. It was nonsense. I don't even know who is it. Are we? Who it was, it was Danny Blaze? Dan, Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze. Or is it Danny Blaze that they've merged? Danny. Yeah, Danny Catch. Danny Catch was the other one, but he appears yeah. in this too. Like it, it's weird because there's just no setup to it. There's no like, was Ghost Rider a main character in King and Black ever? Oh, I guess now the whole thing rests on his shoulders okay like it's just the it's whole thing bad. rests on his shoulders it, it doesn't make any sense it comes out of nowhere it's not worth it reading um mephisto okay. shows up if you're concerned about who is currently the king of hell you will you will want to read this book if that's the thing that bothers you knowing who is the king of hell in the marvel universe okay all right <laughs> oh no i know who the king of hell is it's uh isn't it isn't it johnny blaze Read the book, find out. Okay, because in in there was a Ghost Rider one where in Johnny Avengers. Blaze yeah. becomes King of Hell, right? And then and then Danny has to like talk him down and like whatever. I read that recently. Um, I want to talk about Silk. Uh, at least the 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 part that I have read and my relationship with her, not her as a woman, but you know what I'm talking about. My relationship with her as a character. Certainly, starting to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, sorry. Now I have to minimize this. Oh, I thought it was really good. I love her relationship with Jonah. Uh, that's yes, so yes. See a spider character have a good relationship with J. Jonah Jameson. Yes, uh, because they're both old fogies, right? Like, kind <laughs> of. Like, because she's so out of touch with modern day stuff. Like her and Jonah. Like the fact that Jonah calls her analog. Yeah. Did you read this, Trevor? Yeah, no, I, I love okay. Silk. Yeah, 
Um, this is the I, first time I, I've I, really read the character, and I, I completely was was super charmed by it. I, I loved her relationship with her brother was great. Like, I just yeah. loved her so much. Yeah, also, no, I... I had, like, checked out of her, like, because I read when she first was introduced, like, as part Oof. of Original Sin, and, like, yeah, it was, I no. mean, talk, talk about needing better depictions of Asian characters in comic books. Cindy Moon did not have a graceful opening. Like, no. yeah, her costume was just straight-up webbing. Her and Peter Parker were, like, like pheromone-induced teenagers that yes. they found out that, like, being uh bit, bit by the, by same, the same spider gave him like a an in heat sort of connection and yes yeah, Cindy was not she was not a, a strong character when it first came out um and yeah so it's been a while like i knew like as i came in when she was like she had connected with her parents she didn't even know like i think her brother was like assumed dead initially yeah initially so, like that's when i like was aware of cindy moon and so like been kind of vaguely aware of her like her arc and relationships to other stuff um it's like through spider-verse and through some other like uh series when she pops into like main spider-man stuff i've been like checking in on uh how cindy moon's been progressing but yeah this was a strong uh a really strong uh, outing and it's like it's like half the time like it, it seems especially with spider-man um or maybe this is true of other characters but like you can sort of dilute the base when you have like when he's just like introducing cindy moon and now she's gonna spin off and she's gonna take some of the already established spider-man characters but it's like i think like i mean J. Jonah jameson's always gonna have a place in the spider first but like nora winters i don't know like she doesn't really have, have a place in the spider verse um and, and um yeah, some of these sort of other characters are the ones who haven't really latched on to where they hang in the mythos of Spider-Man and that I like that they get paired with Cindy. Because, yeah, like, yeah. Nora Winters is like, yeah, okay, like, if I was in, like, geek trivia, I would know that she was a member of the Bugle staff, but I would not be able to tell you anything about her character. Right. Um, Whatever happened to Carly, is it Carly Cooper? She just popped up. Uh, she got uh, attacked by someone, and she's also like sort of vaguely dating slash helping Gearshaft, whatever. Uh, I forget his oh, name. Uh, overdrive. 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 Okay. overdrive. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted to they talk about that, did, that cover yeah. for half a second because the way that uh, Trevor just uh, described her origins and how kind of porny it is. That yeah. cover is very porny. And, like, the thing that really, like, raised my eyebrows was, like, on the first page, she described why she's different from Spider-Man, and it was that webbings come out of her fingertips. And, yeah. look, there is some hentai imagery here. Am I is wrong? Is there? Wait. Why, I mean, why it, it's this, no, it's no Jessica Drew uh, Spider-Woman cover. To the extent that webbing has a little bit of a a pornish kind of you know, symbolism. Right. But it's not her costume and it's not her pose, right? It's not her pose. It's literally the webbing. Okay. It's just okay. looks Yeah, the, the the webbing has a, like a she's playing with a, a fluid yeah, direction, yeah. a fluid movement to its direction. <laughs> right, right, right. It's weird the fingertips thing. I mean, yeah. but that's yeah. 
that's a uh, I don't know if anyone else had it beforehand, but that was something that they did with Ultimate Spider Woman before she came around. <clears throat> is okay. she had the the fingertips? The, it's basically it's like finger guns with the webbing. Yeah. yeah, I definitely feel like it. It just feels like porn. How does she swing? How does does she swing by her fingers? Like no, know. she. It's I mean, does Spider Man swing like this from the thing? And she shoots it, then it breaks it off. Grabs it. Grabs onto it. Yeah. Oh, so but. I mean, but like, how does it look when when she's swinging? Does she like her hands up? Because Peter is this way, like would just she's just kind of glot like. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, no, she's just, instead of this, she's just finger gunning it or doing well, like the point. Doing the, remember Venom? Uh, Venom had it here, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That didn't make any sense, but it's fine. It's symbiote logic, right? Symbiote logic. Um. I, I I do like Silk, and again, I like Silk better when she's teaming up with the other Spider People, and like like you see exactly you you like compare and contrast the team. Right. That's what I want. I I need to know because like yeah, except like when she was doing that, what is it, the Court of the Web or whatever it was in the last arc yeah. of Amazing Spider-Man, whatever whatever um, the name of the Spider Team Order 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 of the Web Order of the Web. I didn't get a sense of who she was. And this is, I think, no. the first time I've ever gotten a sense of her yeah. personality and what she wants out of life and all of that stuff. And it was just a really charming first issue of a comic. Like, I'll definitely I agree. get back. Uh, oh, by the way, guys, I, I did mention it when I talked about Captain America. But Captain America this week was the first appearance since WandaVision of, uh, of Agatha Harkness. Agatha Harkness uh, made her first appearance since WandaVision in this last okay. issue of Captain America, and uh, it might be worth it just for like, oh, well, how is the Marvel Universe gestating this new uh, kind of status for Agatha Harkness? Okay. She, she okay. shows up, she gives Steve a kiss on the cheek, like, hey, haven't seen you in a while. It's kind of weird. Okay. Huh. But whatever. Um, uh, before we move away from Silk, I think that Silk is just a good jumping on for anyone wanting to get into new, you know, Completely getting into agree. something. Yeah. Well, and it's if you if you want to have Spider-Man adventures with a with a spider character who's not bogged down by years of continuity. Right. Like, Cindy Moon is, is still like, I mean, original sin's 10 years old now. Uh at most, like at most it's 10 years old. Yeah. It's probably it's probably sooner than that i think it's like seven six years old but it is um it definitely feels like a peter parker kind of character yeah 2014 still, okay so this is she's only seven years old she's still a very yeah. character and yeah. it, she does have a very peter parker quality to it i mean it, the the what makes a spider character successful is how downtrodden their life is <laughs> like right just sort of the the chips never the never come up that way the parker luck the parker luck the parker luck is um something connected to it but also at the same time like silk isn't burdened by like a lot of the stuff peter parker is she yeah. is a different character um and i think yeah i definitely would agree that she's a, definitely a good jumping on point and a way to enjoy, get acquainted with the Spider-Man universe if you're not already aware of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I want to bring up, I want to bring up 
two of the X-Men titles uh, because I really want to get to those before we go. Uh, let's talk about the one that... I, no, I was about to say the one bogged out by more continuity. They're both super... Like, X-Men's one of those things, like, you gotta be a full... Like, you gotta be a full X-Men fan to understand, like, the... Like, they're weaving in crazy-ass shit. Uh, let's talk X-Men Legends, number two, which is a continuation off number one, which sounds... Of course, duh, Dimitri. But really, it's it's like a two, it's like a um, an anthology series. But like the first two are like two parters because the next one's supposed like it's a whole different story. Well, basically, uh, it seems at least the initial premise, whether or not it continues on like this, will be seen. But it seems like basically they're kind of inviting previous X Men writers to tell stories that got dropped that they never got yeah. to finish. Yeah, the next one is going to be uh, the Simonsons. Louise and Walter Simonson are going to be doing uh, the next X-Men Legends story. And I'm really excited to read that because I love, you know, uh, I love their art. I love uh, reading Walt Simonson art. Yeah. Uh, I I don't, I mean, this book is so bogged down in not only continuity, but irrelevant continuity. It's super irrelevant. Yeah. Super. It literally has editor notes from books from the yes. early 90s. Like, if you want to know what they're just talking about that happened two weeks ago in story, read this book from 1992. Um, yeah. But, like, if you want to know what a book from the 90s was like, this is it. Yeah. This is X-Men Legends 1 and 2. This is, like, a cover band of a 90s uh, comic book. I mean, granted, like, yeah. uh, Fabian Nietzsche was, he was a writer. Obviously, he's picking up his story. Like, he was part of the, the X-Men 90s fame was his That's how you pronounce that? I always thought it was... I, I was about to say the same thing, Gil. I, I don't know. I've only, I've never heard anyone say it. I've only seen it written. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> couldn't tell you. But, um... But yeah, if you want Nichezza. But if Maybe. you want if you want to know what comic what it was like to read a comic book in the nineties, pick up that book and just be like, How how did you survive? You'll read that book yeah. and go, Oh, no wonder the comic industry almost folded in on itself in the nineties. <laughs> oh man, I have fun <laughs> yeah. reading it, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm talking I'm talking shit about it, but it's it was a great like, throwback. It was so fun to see you know, Havoc and, like, a sane Havoc is nice. It's nice yeah. to have Havoc, you know, be relatively sane. So just him and Scott having fun together. And then yeah. Chris Eric shows up. Uh, you know, obviously I don't, have, I don't have a long relationship with Adam X, but, you know, I love uh, love stories about brothers. Love it. But there were, there were things that did not need to happen or make like, did not make sense. Like, like Corsair shoots Adam X in the head and Adam's like, oh, yeah, you shot me in the place that creates goosebumps. Wow. Like, <laughs> okay. And then he's like, and my brain is in one of my ass cheeks. Yeah. What? He revealed. So Adam X, the extreme, full name, full creation from the 90s, no change whatsoever to the character from how he originally appeared. But apparently he is half human, half Shi'ar, but also a mutant. And so he has all this genetic grafting material on him, plus his mutant powers, plus his human stuff. 
and basically his organs are move are like in transit or in or mixed up because yeah he's is he gets shot in the head but his head is just like literally like muscle and flesh and nothing and his brain and all his like synapses are actually yeah he says in his ass cheek <laughs> one of his ass cheeks not even one of his that does not specify yeah it, did he move it like mystique moves her organs did he move it around or is he his brain always in one of his ass cheeks i'm thinking it's more the mystique way but i don't care enough about the character to verify no. <laughs> i love x-men too and this like i did not give a damn i thought this this storyline was already solved i've been for honestly since i've come i've i've learned about adam x i always thought he was always uh, a, a cloned uh kind of half brother i always thought that was the case I mean, it was. I think it it got to the point that it was basically written, but they never got to confirm. Which I think again is like is what they're doing with this X Men Legends series. Is like okay. this is for the people who have done the deep dive into the lore and they want to jump back into runs that have long since passed. It can't uh, which be is selling fun. that great though. Right. It I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is the storyline you want to like be your jumping on point. I'd rather like the, the uh, Louisa Walt Simonson sounds like a much better jumping on point. And then this is the second uh, arc. But Gil, you're muted. Gil's, you're muted. Gil is muted. Um, I said, I, like, I say might as well get it out of the way. You know, that's I think true. That's true. Been hanging over the X Men for a long time, uh, you know, just certain fans are like, answer that question. Who cares? But yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's nice to just get it out of the way and not have to worry about it anymore. And I, you know, certainly love uh, love seeing the X Factor original X Factor together. So I'm definitely going to be here next month, and we'll yeah. see what happens after that. Maybe they'll, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll be a Generation X story or something. Yeah, I'm down with that. Uh, here's the thing, though. Uh, who's, that final who's the page. real Mondo? <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, uh, the 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 uh, the final page of X Men Legends two. They have Mister Sinister looking at a screen that's looking at Adam X, and then you see somebody else looking at a at a screen that has Mister Sinister on it, looking at a screen that has Adam X on it. It looked like Eric the Red. It did. So I don't know. It did, or or Juggernaut with his gauntlets, but I didn't. It did look a little Juggernaut. Enough. Like, but why would the Juggernaut? I don't like. No, oh, he's the big mastermind of all of X Men. Is That's the right. Juggernaut? He's been Juggernaut the whole time. <laughs> um, the by the way, the uh, the last Juggernaut series was really good. If no one read it, I, I read most. Yeah, of it. I read it. I, was... I, I didn't. I I don't know whether I finished it though. I, I but... liked the ending of it. It was really uh, clever. Of of okay, of don't all tell the. Of all this, of all the comic book teams and histories and series that could sustain this idea, X Men is the book to like. Let's jump back into aborted storylines because X Men is just a history of yeah. aborted storylines right. over the years. Right. Um, uh, you guys want to talk about X Men nineteen? Crazy, just madness. I think this might be the craziest issue of the x-men reboot i've read so far in the last year and a half i this loved it the most I, insane 
and I love Sink as a character, and I miss, yeah. I really want them to, like, do more with those old Generation X characters, uh, like Sink and Monet and Skin. Skin really hasn't done anything in the, in yeah. the X-Men era. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was something. It sure um, was like, I, I'm confused about the ending. I'm not really sure if... I know, wait, what, what, yeah, what are you not sure about? I'm not sure if, if a lore, Laura, right? Is her name? I'm yeah. not sure if Laura remembers. What she doesn't. Or not. She, she doesn't. But Sink is now in love with her. Yes. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So ah! Sink remembers. So Sink survives years. and she dies, but we don't see nobody. So maybe there are two Lauras running around, and they won't know until she gets out. She was naked and fighting for her life. <laughs> How many times has Logan been in that same situation only to come out of it uh, clean as a whistle? Yeah, no, you're right. But yeah, yeah I, I like I that if, if that's something that's something that's not coming down the pike for another like twenty issues. Laura, if Laura, if their original Laura is still alive and the resurrected one um, is around, like, but yeah, it was. Yeah, it's. I I like I I love Hickman's use of iconography like how he has his his charts and sort of how he shows the demarcation of time with the uh, the um showing like the the progress of the stuff and showing like the, in this issue it's three lines to represent the three X-Men uh in the situation he sort of has like a timeline of them and it's just I really like that Hickman sort of expanding the fact that it's just like you know it's it comic books are pictures and words put together it doesn't have to necessarily be uh, panels. panels and word bubbles yeah. uh it can be any sort of combination of iconography and i think hickman's always been someone to really push that yeah uh, the iconography though i do gotta say i am getting tired of the x-men uh, 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 iconography that Hickman's brought in only because, especially in this issue, it was mostly because they're like, we got story, like this literal one issue takes place in a, like a hundred plus years. So 500, 500, it's 500, 500 years. 500 I it was years. 50. <laughs> what? I thought it was 50. No, well, it's, they don't say it in this issue, but they said it, the, the issue that they first go into the vault, it's, uh, they basically oh. run the, the calculation of how because it, it like they go into the vault and it jumps ahead uh a couple months and Cyclops is talking to Xavier he's just like uh how long have they been there he's just like uh I don't know he's just like no like tell me he's just like 528 years or something like that like oh. through the time dilation of it all um yeah yeah it's like hundreds and hundreds of years that they were uh stuck in that city together I loved I loved the premise that if Sink leaves Laura's side, he could die. And they also have the added layer of they need to get out of the vault to preserve that intelligence of what's in the vault. And like Darwin like Darwin will always like I don't know how Darwin died. They say he he got atomized, but I don't know how he actually then died. But the point being is Sink is the only person well, who got out. maybe he's alive. That's the thing. You might be alive in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, but I I love love, and I love the relationships of characters when they're in love, and uh, I believed it. I believed the whole Sink and Laura thing. I did. Sure, it's just it's just weird because they've just never been... They've never connected in any way in any previous right. comic. So you're going to do this in one issue and now make Sink sort of a puppy dog for Laura. Um, and just that's now going to be kind of his character. She's going to love him back, man. She's going to love him back. She's going <laughs> to learn to... It, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm sure there are movies that do this where you have to like learn to That's love that person. Shit. <laughs> no, 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 the amnesia thing. Like, what are we talking know, about? I know. You know, I know what I mean? Like, somebody comes out of a coma and can't remember their lover, and then they gotta like learn to. I'm sure this was a move. I, I, I think I remember. Sure anyway, the point being is, but yeah. like, no, I, I, I think that like they had a love in this essentially alternate timeline. Kind of, it was a weird way. I don't know. Whatever. But the point being is, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll happen again. Yeah, it was just for me. Yeah, but you also have to keep in mind that they've all been reverted back to their teenage selves. Right. So now he has. So yeah, it's just like, uh, and and Sink's the only one. He has five hundred years of memories locked away in his head now. And so now he's interesting, right? Sink is more interesting now. I I think Gil is going to have a problem with that. I didn't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's yeah. Trevor saw my eyes. Um. (laughs) It's not that he wasn't interesting before, but, like, since the Hickman era, he hasn't had a chance to be interesting. Like, right. we haven't had, we haven't spent so much as a panel with him until now. You know, as much as we got a New Mutants series, right, which uh, we got to have Chamber and Mondo playing around with the New Mutants for a little bit, we haven't checked in with Generation X as a group um, yeah. at all in the Hickman era. Like, like they haven't gotten together or had a conversation you know, like any of that. Yeah. Uh, Monet is, is batting for the big leagues now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, she's um, definitely, uh, that was, uh, I saw, I follow uh, Russell uh, Dodderman on Instagram. He's uh-huh. the um, the artist for Marauders. What is he, going on with these trolls in the chat? Just stay out yeah. of that. <laughs> I, I've been I, I I was warned by volume. Um they're going around to different creators, so you know. Well, I mean whatever. Whatever. It's just like what's the point? Yeah. I guess yeah. I guess this is the point for me to hey. mention it. I, I guess I'm giving them what they want, right? Yeah. Uh yeah, that's why they're they're taking care of it. That being said, maybe because of the trolls viewing us, we took third place in the hourly contest for Woo. nine to ten PM. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, you help. You help it. You know? Technically, the best thing they could do is just not show up. Cause That's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you know? We don't we don't care what you have to say, stupid trolls. No. Yeah. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. All uh, right. sorry, sorry about that. No, no, no. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed you were you were watching that, and so I I messaged them and they said they were gonna take care of it anyway. Oof. So um there were there were some good uh comics that came out this week, and I'm glad that like this week, I got, like, some more time to sit down with it and then yeah. read last week's comics and, like, really do that. And, you know, I'm an X-head. I love X-Men. So, like, even though I'm complaining about X-Men Legends 2, like, okay, <laughs> at least I get to see some more X-Men, you know? Yeah. And that whole thing, so. Um, uh, Matt Morey says, are you going to preview next week's comics? Uh, let me look at what's coming out. 
Let, let me look up what's coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of that's coming out next week is King or next month is King and Black Five. I King guess that's, that's next week. Next week. Great. Um, I have it up if you want me to. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell me. Uh, so what we got on the Marvel side, we got next issue of Amazing Spider-Man, continuing the yeah. debut of his it's new... A, it's almost a weekly book now, isn't it? I it's, feel like we're always... It's been, like, since Spider- Brand New Day, it's been like that, like, on this schedule for, like, a long time. Yeah. Um, By the way, I'm digging, back... I'm digging the uh, Romeo and Juliet thing going on right now. Oh, yeah. Robbie Robertson and... Uh, Hammerhead's yes. daughter, the new Beatle. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, so Venom, King in Black, finally ends. We got Excalibur <laughs> and Marauders. Uh, the Avengers number forty-four, which is going to wrap up the Enter the Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, good. Uh, Storyline like is going to. It's been good, but I'm, I'm definitely. I, it's you know, like it's one of those like, all right, I want to get to the end. Like this, this has been a yeah. series. Like I want to see where it goes. Yeah, um, it's like like X of Swords, where it's like just been a contest, contest, contest. Like, let's get past the contest and see what the right. Phoenix does. Like, what does the Phoenix want? You know, because yeah. if, if the storyline is ending next week, I feel like it's going to be just wrapped up almost too quickly. Like, since yeah. it's, been, it's been contest for three issues already. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, so that's kind of it. Those, those are the big uh, swings from Marvel. Yeah. Um, a lot of connections to uh, uh, yeah. The King Star Wars: The High Republic. Comes Star Wars: out. The High Republic. That, yeah, I wish. I, been a, you know. I still, I, I'm still gonna keep thinking of uh, Star Wars as separate stuff. Like, too many, yeah, too many years true. of it being Dark Horse. Um, yeah. For DC, Batman. Um, we got. Uh, I mentioned the Jokey, Joker Harley book, Criminal Sanity. That's out next week yeah. apparently. Uh, Far Sector, um, the Green Far Lantern book, has uh, been pretty good. And and actually, she's going to be in the new Green Lantern series. So if you want to know um, what's going on with... Uh, jo- Jolene? Is that her name? Well, the, the Teen Lantern and uh, uh, the, the Far Sector Lantern. I'm totally blanking on her name right now. Jo- um, Jolene, right? Jolene something? I think yeah. so. Um, she, yeah, she's going to be... She, Joe, uh, Joe Mullins, um, Teen Lantern, uh, Simon Baz, and uh, John, and Stewart. John Stewart. Stewart. So it's an all POC Green Lantern team. Which yeah. Is yeah. Cool. Uh, and then we also have Suicide Squad, Crime Syndicate, uh, the Green Lantern uh, book also comes out. And wait, 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 ha- wait. The, the Grant Morrison still? No, no, no. The New Frontier, the, new or the Infinite Frontier. Well, I'm glad. I'm excited about a Suicide Squad just to see what they do with um, with Connor Kent. I want to see what the plan is. Uh, again, as you guys know, I'm just worried about that character, and I want him to come out and be in a proper, you know, optimistic, good Superman book. So I'm a little concerned about it, but right. Yeah, but right. it's also like at the same time. Let's uh, let's see what Connor Kent. Let's see. Let's see what he's going to be put through in this Suicide Squad yeah. book. Sure, sure, sure. Um, crime, crime Syndicate. Sy- crime Syndicate. Yeah. Um, we had a first issue of that, right? Mm-hmm. I I feel like I saw it and just cannot remember for the life of me what happens in it. Yeah, me neither. And then uh, Walking Dead Deluxe issue twelve also comes out. Buffy the Vampire oh, yeah. Slayer. Oh, Sensational uh, Wonder Woman that comes out. That's weekly, you, you, now, isn't it? Uh, maybe. 
You guys forgot about uh, uh, Runaways. Oh, I love sorry. Runaways. I'm enjoying Runaways right now. I mean, the last uh, the last issue was some kind of crossover, right? They, um, they, I think they brought in Wolverine or something. Uh, Wolverine, Pixie, uh, Dust, maybe. Oh, that was great. Oh, by the way, and Wolverine also guest starred in Power Pack. So Wolverine is hanging out with all the teen mutants right now. Uh, he's having a great time hanging out with all the young teenagers. So, well, all, yeah. One of my favorite Wolverine uh, sort of iterations is uh, <laughs> Professor Logan, is uh, yeah. Headmaster Logan, when he was yeah. uh, Jason Aaron's run Wolverine in the X-Men. I thought, I thought that was yeah. great. Yeah. Love, yeah, love Wolverine with some kids. That's always great. Um, the one book that we didn't talk about from this week was The Union, which mm. is the um, the team book that is the British Marvel superheroes. So Union Jack is a team of international British uh, heroes. So, that, so it's, there's a Welsh character and a Scottish character and an Irish character, and they're all led by Union Jack. Um, uh, I'm finding it really fun. And this issue really solidified how funny the, the book actually is. By the um, way, um, j- just to let you know, we froze, but uh, I don't know... Uh, if we'll come back or whether it's going to... Well, we've like, been on for two hours. That, yeah, so yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if this doesn't come back anyway, uh, we won't have any outs, but either way, we're all pretty much here. Oh, we oh still okay. Got still audio. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm glad we didn't, uh, I'm glad we didn't uh, talk shit on that. Uh, God, I hate all the people who are chatting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let's uh, let, let's let's wrap things up anyway. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Type in anything that you need, uh, Gil, or or talk about it or whatever. Uh, uh, Gil, where can we see you? What do you got coming up? Let oh, us- I have oh. so many cool things coming up, you guys. So, um, so we moved our comedy shows uh, this month to a platform called Rush Ticks. Uh, it's a really cool platform. They don't use Zoom. They use their own proprietary kind of video thing. Um, and we're really excited to be there. So next Saturday night, we are doing the next episode of the comedy game show, Pop Cultured. Um, uh, so Jimmy Pardo, who you know from Conan and from his podcast, Never Not Funny, he's our permanent judge now, and he's fantastic. Uh, and the contestants we have on this uh, on this week's show or next week's 